So, Warwick, would you rather be hot or cold? Um, hot, definitely. <laughs> is that just today? Because we are in our studio and it is so cold. You've got thermals on. I do. I have a thermal <laughs> and We're a shirt. Still cold. <laughs> it's freezing in here. Welcome to the Tradies Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Welcome to the Tradies Business Show, where uh, it's uh, Arctic in the studio today. It's the Arctic Business Show. Um, and the thing on the wall here, so, so here's a thing for you, Tradies. So uh, some aircon guys have been around the studio and installed some temperature control units in uh, in all the offices here. And there's one, I'm looking at it on the wall, it's a beautiful pink colour, it's got some up and down buttons on it, and it doesn't bloody work. I don't know, it's, it's and it there. Says, and it says it's 24 It degrees. says 24, but it ain't 24 it's in here. It's missing minus. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is going to be a really quick intro um, to an interesting episode today where Actually talking to, well, Dr. Jesse Green, but uh, Jesse is from the Savvy Dentist podcast uh, and a former dentist himself who, um, who now works with dentists to help them get off the tools. Sound so, familiar? Yeah, there's a bit of a, bit of a uh, tie in there, but we thought we'd have a, uh, a three-way love-in with Jesse today and, uh, and we actually recorded this episode, which um, Jesse's going to put out to his dentist as well, because there's a lot of similarities between um, all businesses, to be honest. I mean, whether you're a tradie, whether you're a dentist, whether you're a lawyer or a lawnmower dude or an accountant, doesn't really matter. Business is business, and I'm sure you know that as a listener to this show. So, uh, But there were some interesting points in here um, that Jesse shared from his dentist clients uh, and from his uh, Savvy Dentist podcast. So... Um, if you don't like the dentist, don't worry. There's no drill sounds in the episode, although perhaps we could put one at the end just to freak you out no, a bit. No, don't. <laughs> you, you will hear it. Is squirming fear. already. So even, even talking to a dentist freaks me out. <laughs> but I think uh big thing uh, in today's episode is just how universal these principles really are. So it was good to hear from uh, from Jesse about... Basically, the fact that he sees the same stuff come up with dentists and they have the same struggles. The struggle is real. So, welcome, everybody. And no, I'm not Jesse Green, in case you're from the Savvy Dentist podcast. But I, this is a prime example. Better Warren, looking, though. Well, <laughs> <laughs> of um, being resourceful. Yes. With time. Yes. So we have uh, Jesse Green on our podcast today. Uh, and Well, we're on Jesse's and, podcast. And, yes. and we're, <laughs> and we're is, all confused. We're all confused. So we're having a three-way. It is. So we thought we'd have a three-way today and we were going to record an episode and then we were going to do it on Jesse's show. But I, being the brilliant um, mind of yes. this three-way, said, why don't we just record mm-hmm. the one and try and make it work for both? So, Michaela is the brains of the operation. That's right. So welcome to the Tradies Business Show slash Savvy Dentist Podcast. 
Yeah. Hey, the, I love that. That's got a good ring to it. Yeah, yeah. The Savvy Dentist Tradie Show or something. <clears throat> something like that. But Helping to, you get off your drills. Hey! Hey! <laughs> boom, boom, champagne comedy here. Oh, dear, oh, dear. But, but we are... Uh, so... G'day to uh, to all of our listeners from both podcasts. Uh, I'm Warwick, and um, today we the three of us are going to have a chat about a bit of a common topic, which is getting off the tools. And it's something that I think, uh, regardless of whether you're a dentist or a tradie or any business owner, to be honest, um, we all tend to get stuck on the tools, which is uh, you know doing the work, getting paid to produce the outcome or, or the product or the result. And, uh, and it's something that we all strive for, but I think a lot of people are missing the mark, Jesse. Would you, would you agree, mate? Yeah, look, completely, uh, Warwick. I think that the big challenge, you know, not just for tradies, not for, just for dentists, but small business owners in general is typically, you know, they're in service delivery mode during the day. And uh, oftentimes they get home at night and then they start running the business after hours, you know, nine o'clock at night, let me do my accounts. And, um, and yeah, I just don't think that's a particularly sustainable way of doing business. And ultimately, you know, what I find, and I'm sure it's similar across lots of different things, is that, uh, you know, guys in that situation can end up working for wages or in some case even less than wages. And, uh, and you know, most people go into business with, you know, an ambition or, or a desire to create, you know, a true business. And, and getting off the tools, I think, is really a fundamental element to creating a true business. So I think, you know, it's going to be fun to, as we explore some of the similarities, some of the differences and, and, you know, really identify the key things that need to be in place to get off the tools elegantly and make sure your business, you know, continues to thrive. So that should be a lot of fun. And I, I liked the way you put it, Jesse. And if, uh, I, I don't know if you want this to, to go out to your listeners, mate, but I know our tradie listeners are up for a bit of Aussie, uh, slang, mate. But, you know, we, we, uh, stop working for our dickhead boss because we figure we can do it better ourselves. And, uh, <laughs> we end up working for another dickhead boss, which is the, the bloke in the mirror or the, or the chick in the mirror. So, uh, it's an unfortunate yeah. situation that we end up being worse than the person we actually used to complain about. Yeah, and then you feel sorry for your spouse who has to live with the dickhead boss, don't you? <laughs> well, sometimes they quit on us and, and uh, make us see sense. But uh, but yeah, it is it is that thing. I mean, what why do we do that, guys? I mean, I'll just throw the question out to the three of us. Is uh, so we've come out of employment with somebody else, you know, we've looked at how our boss or, or main contractor has been treating us, like, this guy or girl is a lunatic, you know, they've got no idea what they're doing, they treat their people like shit, um, and then we go and do exactly the same thing, why, why do we do that? Why don't we do it differently when we have that awareness in the first place? Well, <laughs> and there's silence the, on the set. The silence, I know. See, this is what happens with the three ways. It just gets a little bit awkward. Jesse was waiting for Michaela. It's gone up a whole lot, hasn't Nobody it? Nobody knew whose turn it was. <laughs> <laughs> Michaela. Michaela. Oh, this is going to be funny. Yes. Uh, look, I think one of the things, one of the key things to, in my experience with lots of dentists is because when you go through dental school, when you go through trade school, you know, typically you're learning how to become good at your craft. And unless, you know, tradies, uh, apprenticeships are different to dental school, uh, there's very little time given to, you know, educating the students about how to cre- actually create a business, you know, a proper business, a true business. And so when it comes to actually thinking, well, I want to move away from this situation of being employed to, you know, starting my own show, then really there isn't a lot of education that's been, you know, undertaken thus far. And when you look at other role models out there, everyone's kind of doing the same thing. So you tend to copy 
what other people do rather than thinking about what could be done. So that's, in my view, I think a lack of education, a lack of role models, a lack of information is probably what leads to it. But I'd be interested in your experience there, guys. What's what's the deal with you guys? Yeah, and I mean, it's definitely the same thing for trades. You know, they spend four years or whatever learning their apprentice uh, apprenticeship and, and doing their craft and then they come out with, you know, great on the skills but absolutely no business sense at all. And then they're surrounded by other trades that have had the same training, which is none. And like mm. you said, they're, they're going off what they're seeing other people doing. You know, I know when... Um, my husband did his license, you know, he had to do this. It was the most pathetic business education that I've ever seen. You know, it was this little booklet that he had to fill out and that was his business training. And, it, yeah. you know, it took him, well, okay, took me two hours to complete the paperwork. But, you know, they they just don't have that any access easily to that information and just keep going on like they always have. Yeah. Mm. So... Definitely. Sorry, go on, mate. Lack of education, definitely. I think part of it as well uh, is is a bit of fear and uh, you know the self belief stuff. And look, it does stem from the education side of things as well. But you know, they they know the trade, they've been around it, they've done that stuff a lot, so they've got the confidence in that area. And and I mean, I know you've been working with business owners for a while, Jesse, with dentists in particular, and myself, I've been coaching business owners for a number of years, and they just seem to have a lot of fear around. I mean, money brings up interesting stuff for people uh, with beliefs and values around it. And, and I think that causes a lot of um, analysis paralysis when it comes to business of people who are reluctant to do the marketing or to put systems in place or even to employ people. Uh, you know, there's so much fear yeah. around recruitment and uh, and training of their own staff. So... Yeah, I think that the personal stuff, the personal mastery side of things has a big impact as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and on top of that, the thing that I notice as well is, you know, a lot of the guys that I work with, and I, again, I'm assuming it's the same with anyone in small businesses, the people who have kind of gone and done that training in their particular area of expertise, whether it's being a tradie, be, being a dentist, being a you know, accountant, lawyer, you know, whatever it happens to be, a lot of them really enjoy the craft of what they do and running the business, you know, in some cases can be a bit of a pain in the backside and they're just not as passionate about running the business and they're not as engaged in running the business as they are in their craft yet somehow they find themselves in charge of a business so there is an imperative where they suddenly need to muster up the enthusiasm for that process as well so is that something you guys see well the thing is they they enjoy what they do i guess i agree with you in some ways jesse but they end up well certainly the the people that I'm working with and, and a lot of the people we talk to yep. here at the Tradies Business Show is because they have to do that to make the money and do all the other stuff, all the business stuff, they end up yep. loathing all of it and yeah. so they've lost their the passion for their craft and that just becomes a, a drudgery uh, and then they've got the stress and, and pressure of having to do all the business stuff as well so they kind of... It's a bit of a lose-lose, unfortunately, for a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. They've lost the loving feeling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you see that? I, I don't know. I, I, Well, I guess if I look at any any business, when you start doing a task over and over, it tend to, tends to take the uh, the enjoyment factor out of it. Well, most tasks. I mean, I can think of a yeah. few things that I'd still <laughs> like to do over and over. But uh, I don't refer to those as tasks. <laughs> <laughs> Just you don't a little, book them in your calendar? <laughs> 
<laughs> little little hint for your personal life there, mate. Don't call it a task, a chore, oh, I was, I was re- and, and don't diarise it. Okay, I was referring to exercise. I don't know what you guys are talking about, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, <laughs> but um, I don't know about, you know, drilling holes in people's teeth. Like, it doesn't seem that enjoyable to me, or unblocking sewers. Uh, but then I guess, you know, for a lot of people going into those things, they chose that because they had an interest in it or, or it was actually, you know, something that they, they felt drawn towards. And I'm sure yeah. a lot of our listeners uh, would rather put their hands down a toilet uh, and work in sewerage than do their accounts. So yeah. it's a lesser Sadly, of yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it gives a whole new meaning to the words, let's do the shitty jobs. Um, <laughs> it's just, I think, one of those things as well around that is that as you, you know, get into business and, and these chores and chores mount up, what I'm seeing as well is that a lot of guys are starting to burn out um, as you said, they're not enjoying much at all. Uh, and I think, you know, that has an impact. That has an impact not just on their personal and professional satisfaction. It's having an impact on their life outside of work. Um, it's having an impact on their ability to, you know, get the business up and running, you know, to its best ability and, <clears throat> pardon me, and to fulfill its potential. So, you know, I think there is a bit of a problem there. And I think it can actually manifest in lots of different ways. But, you know, as time progresses, I think, you know, uh, people can become increasingly disenchanted with what they're doing and, and you know, really kind of find a way that, you know, after a while it begins to suck. Yeah, so what do you see, Jesse, some of the first steps that um, small business owners can take to actually shift this, you know, and start to actually not just be self-employed but a business owner? Look, I think one of the first things is to actually realise what's going on um, and to realise that, you know, hmm, you know, I'm not – this is not really what I set out to create. And I think one of the things as well is to really – when I work with dentists, one of the things I often get them to think about is, you know, in – just take away the concept of limitations for a moment. But what is it that you're trying to create? Uh, what is it that you really want to create? So getting a picture in their mind of you know where they want to go, get clarity about that destination, what does the final outcome look like? Why did they get into business in the first place? And so just really you know, getting their mindset right, getting their head in the right place for all those sorts of things. Um, and, you know, it's about making sure that, um, you know, they're working on their mindset as much as anything. What about you guys? What do you guys see? Definitely the same thing. I think they they go into business with big dreams and then they get, you know, in the nitty-gritty and and get caught up in the how-to and and all that and don't actually have a vision to strive for and and just get, you know, caught up in the the phone ringing and putting out fires and all that kind of stuff and actually don't have any focus. What do you think, uh, Warwick? Yeah, I... uh, Look, same tack. The way I articulate this is there's a big disconnect between what people do in their business and on a daily basis and you know we talk about vision and all that sort of stuff but there's not a there's no dots with lines drawn between them from okay what's the life I want to live literally you know what I want to do when I wake up next week next month next year and you know, do I want to go fishing? Do I want to be hiking in the Himalayas or whatever the heck it is? And how that actually relates back to their business, but also to what they do in their business today and tomorrow. And there's just, there just seems to be this um, unconscious shuffling going on where people just mm. wake up, go to the, into their business, bust their backsides, 
do lots of stuff on the tools, try and wrangle their way through all of the business stuff, and they never actually sit down and, and invest time into, I mean, it's, there's all these catchphrases and cliches, but the true is, you know, they're so busy um, sort of building a business uh, that they, they don't spend any time designing their life. And I yeah. think without that step, it really is kind of pointless. You might as well just go be an employee because you're not actually achieving anything other than, I mean, this sounds a bit harsh for, for our listeners, but if you're not doing that, you're kind of kidding yourself, you know. Just go work for somebody else and make a, a salary or a wage and forget about this ridiculous idea of having your own business because it becomes very much ego-related rather than actually having a purpose base to it. That, that's actually really good advice, isn't it? I think because there's nothing wrong with being an employee. Let's face it, if, if that's what floats people's boats, then they should stick to that. Well, look, if you ask most business owners what they're in business for, they'll tell you it's to make money. It's like, great, so yeah. how much money are you making? You know, is this the most money you yeah. could make for the amount of time you're putting in? And most of them, well, certainly from from the industries that we work with here at the Tradies Show, is no, mm. they could actually make more money uh, if they mm. wouldn't work for somebody else and have less stress, it's like, well, why don't you just bloody do that? <laughs> yes, I know. Well, Crazy what are you doing way, here? You know, if you're not going to realise yeah, the potential of your business, stop, stop uh, kidding yourself and being so delusional, and just go get a friggin' job. You actually do everybody yeah. a favour. Yeah. Uh, look, I think that's absolutely true because at the end of the day, you know, certainly in dentistry, um, and I think there's probably a few subtle differences here. You know, if you're even self-employed as a dentist, you typically do better off than you would as an employee. Having said that, however, the time commitment, the uh, return on effort, and all those other sorts of things, the, the the dynamic changes really dramatically. And so, you know, if you are self-employed in a, in a dental practice as opposed to being a true business owner, um, you know, you'll still do okay financially. But you know what? It's a hard way to make a buck, mate. That's that's for sure. And uh, and my experience with that is that you know same sort of things is you know a lot of people start to look around and go gee whiz I'm working pretty hard uh, is this is this all my life's meant to be and, and they haven't taken the time as you rightly pointed out to think about you know the lifestyle design and and cliche though it is I think it is really important too and the the stress and responsibility that goes with and, and you know I don't know a lot about dentistry but. Um, I know a couple of guys in, in practice just in my local area uh, that mm-hmm. went through some business awards judging that I, I sat on the judging panel recently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, great guys, um, great practice they've got, but the level of responsibility they're carrying and the stress that goes along with that, yeah, sure, they make pretty good money, uh, but I, don't, I just don't know if... if even dentists, uh, you know, I know a few lawyers as well, same sort of thing, like big hours, big paychecks, um, fancy Mercedes in the garage. But, uh, you know, fast forward 20 or 30 years and look backwards, it's like, okay, well, is this the life you actually want? Are they doing that consciously or unconsciously is perhaps yeah. a good way to put that. Yeah, and look, my experience as well is sometimes when you look from the outside in, everything looks rosy as well. And uh, you know, it's like the duck. They're gliding along. If you look at the duck across the water going across the lake, they look like they're gliding elegantly. But underneath the water, those little feet are paddling <laughs> like crazy, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and so, you know, you know, appearances can be a bit deceiving there. So, so um, no, you, you go, mate. Yeah, I know. This is one of the weird things about three-way, isn't it? Um, <laughs> we need a tag team system. <laughs> okay. Um, 
So, so I guess you know now that we've kind of established that there's an issue there, and you know we've established the first step. What other things do you think they need to have in place? You know, either tradies, dentists, or, or small business owners in general. What things need to be in place to really get this uh, to a true business, as opposed to you know just a self-employed thing being stuck on the tools all day? Well, I'm going to jump in with with perhaps well an obvious one for the three of us, and it it probably seems a little gratuitous, but uh, an outside perspective. You know, get get, uh, get somebody that can see the the trees. You know, um, mm-hmm. whether it's a business coach, a mentor, a, a colleague, a podcast that you listen to. But I think you know, if somebody is perhaps listening to these shows and thinking, yeah, well, that's kind of describing me. You know, I'm. I'm paddling really, really fast under the water to maintain this uh, appearance of serenity on top. But um, what do I do next? I think you've got to go and seek some outside perspective. And, and uh, I mean, that could be done through masterminds or networking groups or whatever. But mm. um, I think that's a really good way to gain that perspective and a bit of perhaps a reality check because otherwise we tend to just convince ourselves that uh you know what it's probably not that bad or no no i'm going to get to where i want to go and we just uh you know justify and convince ourselves that everything's cool um mm. but when you when you sit down and have a coffee or a, or a beer or something with um someone who's not emotionally involved and sits outside of that they can actually generally speaking sit there and say mate how many hours did you work in the last 4 weeks and yeah. how much did you make and when did you last see your kids uh yeah you know, it really brings that stuff home, and I think that then sparks a lot more critical thought um, and development of a better better plan forward than if we just did it on our own. Yeah, and there's this whole concept around that as well as, you know, uh, like e- even you look at Roger Federer and all those tennis players or golfers or whatever, they've all got coaches because they can't observe their own golf swing or tennis swing. No. And when you're so attached to it yourself, it's hard to be objective. So, yeah, I agree. I think it's good to have someone come in and, and, uh, you know, hold the mirror up and say, hey, look at this. You know, you might not have seen that. And um, it's a really good exercise. What's your thoughts on that, Michaela? Yeah, and I think, true, you definitely need to, to get that support because you don't know everything and you you do that outside perspective. But I think with that, it's really important to go in with an open mind. And yeah. I find a lot of people, you know, do go and get this help. They take that step and they get the help, but then they're shut off to whatever advice is coming or they're finding excuses or whatever, or, you know, that wouldn't work for me because or whatever. So if you're going to take this step, go in with an open mind and really be willing to uh, take the advice on and try, you know. Yeah. Just because you haven't done something before or no one else does that in your industry doesn't mean that it's not going to work for you. So, yeah. you know, stop the, the limiting beliefs and the excuses and actually, you know, take some action because action is the best research. Uh, action, I had a really interesting conversation uh, the other day uh, with a chap on my podcast um, and he was talking about that specifically. And Michaela, I can't agree with you more. We, we were talking about this concept of massive imperfect action. So just, you know, there, there is something really powerful about being in motion. And rather than, um, you know, the analysis paralysis that Warwick, you mentioned a, a couple of minutes ago, you know, where a lot of the guys I deal with, you know, I just need a bit more information, you know, and I, there's this fear of making a mistake as well. Yeah. And so they end up, rather than zigging or zagging, they just stay put. 
Whereas in in some cases, just any decision would have been good. You know, just make a decision and get on with something. <laughs> just you know. do something. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of something that we deal with a bit as well. Is that something that you guys come across? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I deal with so many business owners, tradespeople that... Uh, and I've got a classic story, and I think I've shared it on a previous episode of the Tradies Business Show, where one of my wingman clients, uh, which which are my clients that I work with personally on a, on a quite uh, detailed basis, uh, we we were getting them to do some email marketing, and mm-hmm. you know I'd been talking to the so the spouse, the the, the uh, wife was responsible for this, been talking about it for months, and had put emails together, the database was all uh, integrated and cleaned up and ready to go. And she was literally sitting on the first email for, it must have been four or six weeks. Wow. Uh, and just because she wasn't totally happy with it and the content was okay, but it wasn't perfect. And in the end, you know, it, it became a little bit of a joke. It wasn't, wasn't entirely funny, but mm. it was just like every week I'd turn up for their session. And it was like, have you sent the EDM yet? It's like, no, this happened and that happened. I was like, send the, Email, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, not surprising. Give me the login credentials, and I'll send it. <laughs> yeah, well, that was that was the next step. Um, <laughs> and not surprisingly, you know, I got a message from her uh, the week that it finally happened. She, she, um, they picked up. I think it was you know a couple of grand's worth of work um, within nice. twenty four hours of sending the first EDM. And uh, right. you know, her message back to me was, "It's amazing what happens when you press send." Uh, <laughs> and you know, it wasn't perfect, and it had a few things about it that could have been better, but. Unless you got it out there, you know, and, and half the database didn't unsubscribe, which was one of the fears. Like, there was a couple yeah. of unsubscribes, and um, yeah. they actually got some positive feedback. So like, just take some action, you know. What's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. What's the yeah, worst before. thing that could happen? And then what's the best thing that could happen? Because we, we're good as humans at looking at the negative or the downside. We're not very good at saying, of creating that balance and saying, oh, worst case scenario. And, you know, you listen to our language when we talk to people. We talk about uh, plans or future ideas or whatever, and it's like, oh, worst case, this could happen. But we don't say best case, do we? No. We have this, this vernacular where it's like, oh, well, worst case will be there by five. But we don't then yeah. say, and best case will be three. Yeah. So I think yeah, yeah, in exactly. business we have to do a bit of that best case scenario. Yeah, and using that example of email marketing, you know, and I don't know if this is what happened, but what ha- happens with most of these things is it, it's focusing on that negative of what happens if people unsubscribe. Yeah. So I won't send in case I'm going to upset a few people, not wonder how much money you know this is going to bring in or how helpful we're going to be to people. So we're always focusing on that negative yeah. thing. And yeah, not everything is going to work. I know I suffer from this around because I love a little bit of education in the business space and get crippled by it and Mm. uh you know it took us months and months and months to start doing some facebook ads because i knew too Mm. much i'm like oh yeah i gotta get it right and i've got to have this kind of level and warwick's just going just get something up there just Just get it done start you know you're not going to get any results or be able to tweak it unless you start you know so we are all and, and I think the other thing too that sometimes people get afraid about putting stuff out there. I'm just going back to the email marketing and it's reminding me of a conversation I had with a client the other day. Um, is I think sometimes when you go about your marketing, you know, our, our good mate Timbo Reed from, um, you know, small business, big marketing, we all know Tim. Um, he's, you know, talks a lot about helpful marketing and 
One of the things that I always think is if I'm going out of my way to send an email, to make a phone call, whatever it is, if I'm genuinely out there trying to deliver value to people, um, I'm not out there trying to you know, hook them into this or hook them into that. I'm going out of my way to be helpful. I'm going out of my way to add value in a meaningful way for them. Then that frees me up a little bit from the point of view of getting hung up about sending stuff. Um, I had th- this client I was talking to the other day and um, – one of the strategies we talk about with um, yeah, with dentists is when the phone rings and yeah, Mrs. Jones rings to make an appointment, at the end of the conversation, the receptionist, we, we ask them to say, yeah, Mrs. Jones, we're looking forward to seeing you on Tuesday at 3 o'clock. Um, just while I've got you and it's easy and convenient, is there anyone else in the family who needs an appointment while we're at it? And um, and it was really interesting because it, it's a, a really useful marketing technique and certainly when it's done well, it produces um, – you know, great results. But for some reason, there was a blockage with this particular practice. The staff at the front desk just couldn't quite overcome the hurdle. And it was all about them feeling like they were trying to manipulate someone into an appointment when really all we're asking is, is there anyone else that needs something while we're at it? And I think going into your marketing with that kind of helpful attitude really makes things a bit easier. Yeah, it's a really good point too, Jesse. And I've I've come across this well many times over the years, but even just in the past week, where uh, talking to a new client on Friday morning, <clears throat> excuse me, and just talking about some some general marketing strategies as as we're kicking off his uh, his journey into business, and he was giving me a bit of pushback on some of the strategies because he said, well, you know, I don't like getting asked those questions or I don't like receiving those sorts of emails and I said well that's all well and good but you're not your customers no. and and you know we we make this assumption that everybody's like we are and they're not uh, no particularly as business owners I mean a lot of us are business to business but um, I guess if you think of dentistry I mean they're probably dealing with a lot more uh, consumers and uh, perhaps employees than you know, if you're a business-to-business type service where you're dealing with other mm. business owners, but not everybody thinks like we do. And if you hate getting email marketing, it doesn't ma- doesn't mean that eighty percent of your customers will hate getting email marketing. Like exactly. you say, if it's helpful, um, you've just got to stop assuming that everyone thinks like you. So uh, yeah, and a great example of this is friends. We have have a mechanical workshop, and mm-hmm. uh, it's a husband and wife team. And uh, they're very new to business. And, and she's like, I keep hearing we should be asking people for their email addresses. And the husband's very much like exactly like the air conditioning person in that, oh, I don't like getting emails and people won't want to do that. So do not ask for them. And yeah. it's like, and I try to explain the value in this. But anyway, she started doing it without yep. the, worrying about the husband. And she said the amount of people that, because she'd say, oh, we'll just remind you when your next service is due or or things like that. So just providing yeah. them some information. And they go, oh, that would be so good. That's so helpful. I always forget. You know, and so it is it is that thing of just wanting to be helpful. And look, if they don't like it, they'll unsubscribe or not give you the email. <laughs> Completely. But, you know, so, you know, and now she started asking and they do SMS reminders and people are loving it. Uh, so I think it, it's so correct in not assuming mm. you know everyone's like you and you may be getting crap emails sent to you where you're not going to send crap emails that's no. right and i uh yeah. i heard a, a good um way of looking at rejection uh years ago by by another mentor of mine actually 
uh, this whole fear of rejection. You know, people are so afraid of of getting an unsubscribe or having somebody say no to a an offer of an add-on sale or is it anybody else in the family that, you know, needs to check up and we can book them in now. There's this big fear around people saying no to that because I'm being rejected and somehow I'm losing something, whether I'm losing face or losing business. But in most of those situations, we didn't have the thing before we asked for it anyway. No. You know, they didn't, they didn't give us any money before that. So... For them to say no, we're not losing anything. We're not being rejected. Nothing's actually changed. We asked a question. There was no change. So what's really different? Nothing. <laughs> exactly. You know? It's really interesting. Um, as well, I taught that method to a client. And um, and anyway, one of his particular staff members really um, took it on board and was just asking every single person. And um, and for some reason, you know, she was just able to. Well, I know the reason I'll tell you in a second, but she was able to really get over herself around that. And it came back to something that she'd learned when she was a young teenager working at KFC. I think she'd been working, and they were asking the I don't know if it's KFC or Macca's that does the would you like fries with that kind of thing. And you know, tacky though that can be sometimes. She just took that training that she'd received as a teenager and said, "Look, you know what." I'm going to ask this question. I'm asking it from a place of wanting to be helpful in a really genuine way. Most people will probably say no, but some might say yes. Mm -hmm. And as it turned out, three people every single day on average said yes, and that then brought in you know a couple of grand every single day into the practice. <laughs> and you think, well, you know, that was kind of worth the effort of overcoming that. <laughs> That's right. The payoff for some of these simple things, although they seem perhaps insurmountable to, to many of us, the payoff is often massive. And, and in some cases, it can mean the difference between, uh, particularly for our tradie listeners at the Tradies Business Show, the difference between the business actually surviving another 12 months or deciding to go and take a job with somebody else. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just, they're little things, that, they're simple, they're not always easy, and I guess that's the, the danger is, it sounds like we're, we're saying this is all a piece of cake. Um, I think, you know, the three of us acknowledge that doing some of these things can be difficult, um, yeah. but it is quite simple. There's, there's no complexity to asking the question of someone on the phone, would you like to make a booking or for, for tradies, you know? It's like, <clears throat> I'm working with a pest control company at the moment, and they have a reminder service where, you know, they literally just pick up the phone every 12 months after someone's had their bugs sprayed. Um, 12 months later, they get a phone call to say, hey, it's 12 months since your last bug spray. You're due to get another one done. Uh, which day of the week would you like us to book you in? And they so get a stack of bookings from that. Absolutely. And if, if there's any bug people in Canberra who happen to be listening to this show, can you give me a call? Because you know, I would really, really welcome someone being proactive like that. I, I'm, I am not kidding because you know, all of us have busy lives. And I don't remember when we last had the pest spraying done. I think that's a fantastic service. So whoever that client is, kudos to them. <laughs> I'll tell him to open a branch in Canberra, mate. Tell, tell him to open a branch in Canberra. <laughs> give him my number and I'll be his first customer. I can tell you that right now. Uh, but but it is – and there you go, mate. You're a consumer in that instance. And yep. and like you say, Jesse, we are all busy. Yep. So you know, sitting there listening to this podcast, no doubt you're a busy person – do you remember all of the companies that you've dealt with in the last 6 to 12 months for all of the services that you've had done for your home, your business, your car, your health? No, I guarantee the answer is no. And so no. 
who is going to be offended because I got a reminder in my email inbox to say, hey, Warwick, it's been 12 months since your last dental checkup. Um, as you know, the health of your teeth really depends on blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, click the link below to uh, to book the next, uh, you know, convenient spot for you. Or that might be the service. I've got a wastewater recycling system at my house. And same, I'm supposed to get an annual inspection done and submit a report to the council. I don't remember when it was. I know it was probably more than a year ago because I don't remember paying the bill for it. And I don't get a reminder. The next time I hear about it will probably be a letter from the council to say I haven't submitted my report and I'll be fined if I don't do it. So then I'll yeah. have to go and remember who the company was that I got last time because I've chucked out their business card, no doubt. So, it's yeah. like, you know, people are just missing out on on these, uh, well, it's on the dollars and cents, really, you know, the, the gold coins lying on the ground that most people step over. Yeah. Um, for the sake of some simple strategies. And it's the same yeah. thing with our guys, and I'm not sure if... I'm sure it would be with other small business owners, but, you know, they hate following up quotes they've done. Oh, really? Yeah, hate it. Like, Oh, um, yeah. uh, Huge quote sales reluctance. Yeah. Uh, And my husband is typical of it, and he goes, oh, if they want to go ahead, they'll ring me. Well, no. No, they won't. (laughs) No, they won't. (laughs) And again, I can tell you, I'll be the consumer here. We're about to get a new fence done. And uh, we've had a few guys come around and give us a few quotes, and you know we've sat, with that, you know, sat on our hands for a couple of weeks, or a couple of months actually, um, just for no particular reason because life got busy again. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you now, not a single one of these trades followed us up to say, "Hey, do you want to go ahead or not?" <laughs> and um, we're both here shaking is, our heads. <laughs> and you know what? Probably one of them. This is a ten thousand dollar job, right? And and or I bet a five you five or six thousand dollar job. You know, and I bet you that if one of them rung you and said, look, we've got availability in two weeks. Would you like us to book it in, whatever? And you probably would have gone, yep, that's that's good, even if maybe oh, they were slightly it, higher yes. or, you know, just made it easy for you to buy from them. Absolutely, because here's the thing, again, just there's a really good point you've touched on there, Michaela, is even if it was slightly higher price, right, um, I would have gone with them purely because it saved me thinking about it for another couple of months, right? <laughs> That's right. And, and you say, okay, well, it's going to cost me an extra couple hundred bucks. You know, okay, cool. Let's just get it done. And um, so for any of the tradies out there listening, I really think that there's a massive opportunity there to follow up on your quotes. And equally for the dentists you know, listening as well, um, there is a massive opportunity when you present a treatment plan that you know, some people will think about then yeah, that that incomplete treatment is that's money waiting to be collected really, and if you don't ask, you'll never get. So I think it's worth following up all of those things and making sure that you know you're trying to um, you know those getting those quotes to conversions um, ratio you know in a better shape. So the three of us obviously think we're all brilliant and we all agree with each other that uh yeah. you know <laughs> big group hug going on <laughs> that that uh are. getting off the tools is, is... i can feel the collective ego getting <laughs> but but from our listeners perspective uh i don't know perhaps you're sitting there listening to this podcast thinking yeah well that's all well and good and and you guys bang on about this stuff all the time but you know i i suppose i still see people struggling to actually do this, to implement it, to get off the tools. And whether it's yeah. dentists or plumbers or, you know, any business owner really is there still seems to be this uh, 
this black hole that we get sucked back into mm, mm. where we keep doing what we've the always done thing. and getting what we always got. Yeah. Well, what's going on there, guys? I mean, Jesse, Michaela, what are your thoughts on... It can't be the strategies, right? Because they're simple. And yeah. and all of our listeners are smart enough to know that they they should be doing all these things. But if if we could boil it down to what they really need to focus on, what do you reckon mm. it might be? Well, maybe I'm oversimplifying, but we always say mindset's everything. But I just think they have to make the choice that they're going to do it. Shut mm. up or do it. So yep. stop okay. complaining, but actually just make the choice that, look, this is what I want, so I'm going to go after it. And I know cool. it's very easy to say that. but Everything's yeah. easy to say. It is. <laughs> but I don't know. This thing comes down to choice. You choose Sim- your simple actions. Simple but not easy. You choose your actions every day. You choose what you think and choose what you say. So if you want anything to change... You need to choose that change. Cool. That, that's my opinion. I don't know about you mentoring gurus out there. <laughs> or well, I think, Jesse, I th- what do you reckon? Look, I think that's really important is firstly make the choice. I think that is it all starts with the decision, right? That's obviously ground zero. So, But once you've made that decision, um, then in terms of you know what practical steps to take, um, there's a couple of things that I'd be focusing on there. The first thing is, um, there's two key things, I, I think, well, three three or four key things, but I'll start with the first two. The first one is building a team. And one of the things that I've found is to get yourself out of service delivery. Um, obviously, someone needs to be delivering service, otherwise there is no business. Um, but my view on that is the focus really shifts from being the guy or girl who provides a great service to their particular customers uh, to transitioning to being the guy or girl who builds a great team who delivers a great service to your customers or patients in, in my case. Um, so I think there's a subtle shift but an important shift. So instead of going to be in service delivery mode, there needs to be a focus on building a team who can do that. And one of the little diagrams I draw for, for the guys I work with is that you know, if the business owner treats their team as their internal customer and supports the the, the team, the team will then support the you know, the actual customer for the business, the customer will support the business and the business in turn supports the business owner. So that would be step number one is build a team, um, have some clarity around, you know, what the roles and responsibilities are for each team member, have in place, you know, some key or critical drivers that you're measuring there and looking at outcomes. Uh, so that for me is a big step. Step number two for me is to actually create some systems because without any systems in place, you're going to be doing the same stuff day in, day out, and the ability to get off the tools becomes much, much harder. So I agree wholeheartedly. The first step must be the decision to do it. Uh, that That is, you know, without that, nothing happens. But from there, for me, it's team and systems, and then I'd sprinkle in a dash of having a good idea of financial forecasting and knowing your cash flow. So I know, uh, and I agree entirely, um, what about, you know, we get a lot of pushback of, well, I can just do it better and quicker myself, you know, so I'll just go and do this job, you know, yeah. because I know I can do it and I should be there and this this whole thing of I'll just, no one can do it as good as me and, and yep. all that kind of thing. What do you say to some of your dentists that think they can't fill a tooth like Yeah, yeah, like my feelings are better than the next person's kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, if, if that is a thing. It is a thing, um, and I think you know one of the things that I would say around that is we understand that doing a great job is really important, and not for one moment am I suggesting you know we put out you know shoddy work of any kind, 
But equally, you're not the only person who can create a good filling in this case, or you're not the only person who can, you know, do good plumbing or, or, or build a house. And I think so it's about finding the right team, uh, and making sure that there's adequate training in place, making sure there's adequate resources in place for the team to do the job really, really well. Uh, the thing I would also say around that is if a task is going to be done more than once, there should be a system around it, even if it's a simple, simple checklist, um, because if, if you kind of take the view, well, I'll just do it because it's quicker and easier for me to do it, then you'll never get off the tools uh, because by definition, you're going to be finding it quicker and easier to do it yourself. So I think it's important to understand that, you, you know, things can be good enough um, and, you know, where it's good enough, that's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, and I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, the service delivery. You know, obviously we want to, as I said earlier, do great quality stuff. But you're not the only guy or girl who can do great quality work, and that would be my, my comment there. And what about you, Warwick? What do you reckon? Well, <clears throat> for me, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier, but in a different way, and that's uh, just, I guess, quit the BS stories about why you stuck on the tools yeah. and actually just get honest about the why. I mean, if you're listening to... To this podcast or, or these podcasts, whatever the right way is to say <laughs> to say that today, um, yeah, you know, I guess there's a presumption that you want to get off the tools, but I'd be saying, well, why? And and is that actually true? Do you really want to get off the tools, or is there something else going on there? You know, do you want to be a business owner? I think you have to test um, your commitment and resolve around. Uh, this stated goal of being the business owner, you know, running a, a dental business rather than being a dentist. Uh, and they're two very different things. I mean, you talked about it, Jesse. Uh, so I'm kind of, you know, reiterating the same points. But the biggest shift that I see needs to take place is getting out of that headspace. And, you know, if you go back to the classic book of the, the E-Myth, is getting out of that headspace mm-hmm. of the technician and into that of the entrepreneur, you, you know, you've almost got to skip through the manager in the long term. But why do you want to do that? You know, what what's the payoff for that? And if you can't yeah. answer that question, I don't think you're ever going to implement all the strategies under the sun that are all freely available um, until you actually personally are connected to that purpose. Uh, so that's that's probably yeah. a big one for me, and then everything else really. If if you've if you've got a strong connection to the why, it, it's because I want to spend more time with my family, or you know I want the ideal lifestyle. Truly want that, not just saying that because you know the next door neighbours have got it, or that's what all the other dentists are doing, um, or all the other plumbers are doing. Yeah. Is uh, I think everything else you'll find a way to to make it happen. So that's that's probably my number yeah. one thing. Cool, so, well, cool, cool, cool. Now we have a question that we always ask at the end of an episode so i don't know if you wrap up the same way uh jesse but on the savvy dentist podcast but if you Mm -hmm. say for us if you had a thousand tradies in the room what would be the one piece of advice you'd like to give them if i had a thousand tradies in the room the one piece of advice i'd like to give them hmm, that's a really good question Uh, if there was one piece of advice i'd like to give them i would say can, can it be two can I give two pieces well, of advice? I, I know, okay, because we're doing I'm, two I'm, podcasts, hit, we'll let it go. You know. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the first thing, the first bit of advice I'd say is coming back to that question is, do you really want to get off the tools and know the answer, yes or no, with clarity? Because I think once you've got that clarity, then that opens up the doorway for the next step. And until you have that clarity, 
then you know that's it. So I would say spend some time figuring out what do you want from your life, um, and can I do that in my current you know configuration of my business or not? And if the answer is no, then what's going to change? So get get clarity about that. The second thing I would say is uh, the second piece of advice is be different. Um, dare to stick your head up above the turret. Uh, because I, what I find with tradies, with dentists, with all, all these kind of businesses in service delivery is, you know, after a while, everyone starts to look and sound like each other. So I would say find your point of difference and market the heck out of that. Great advice. Mm. Good stuff, mate. Uh, cool. Yep. All right. So now I'm going to return the favor um, and then I'm going to ask you a second question as well. If you had a room of a thousand dentists. What one or two pieces of uh, information, given that you, you you were gracious enough to extend me the courtesy of two pieces, so I will do the same. What what, what couple of pieces of, of advice would you have for uh, a group of dentists you're talking to? Well, for me, and this is probably a little bit on the practical side, but I have like 90% of the population, a massive fear of dentists. I would yeah. rather give birth a hundred times over <laughs> than go to the dentist. So wow. if oh, it's bad. That's a lot of kids. It is. <laughs> Jeez, but, you're going to be exhausted, man. Yeah. <laughs> and broke. But look, just open a dentist practice, right, that they say, we'll knock you out. Whatever you need done, we'll knock you out and I'll be there. I don't know if okay. you can technically do that. <laughs> or medically allowed to do that, but if I don't care what you're doing, just knock me out and then I'll go. So that's probably so, not really <laughs> great. You can act, you can actually do that. There's certainly you know, scope for um, sedation and all that sort of stuff. So it's cool. Yeah, like I don't care if you even look and just sedate me. You know, even yep. before I get to the dentist surgery. <laughs> So send an ambulance to <laughs> yeah, pick you up <laughs> under general anesthesia. <laughs> so, uh, so that's me, but that's a little bit on the uh, you know I, I think catered at that fear. You know, I, you know, the, the dentist where I have been able to um, tolerate it has distracted me, whether it's a TV or something there, mm. or some way of dealing with that fear, um, yeah. because it is crippling for me and a no, lot no. of other people as well, due to bad childhood school dentist truck um, traumas that I had. But mm -hmm. it's, I think you need to, it's getting to know your customer and understanding that that fear that a lot that do have, um, especially for dentists, and, and how you can market and cater to those needs. I cool. would travel a long time if I knew a dentist that really understood that. See, that's really good advice, isn't it? And again, for the dentist listening, know, know your patients, know the problems they have and market to that and, and solve those problems in a really you know, constructive way. So and, people and if like, there's a dentist in Canberra, I will fly there if you're going to stay here every time I come in. Wow. Okay. There you go. Cool. Yep. Cool, cool. Uh, All right. So do you have something a little bit more? <laughs> Businessy? Yeah. Uh, see, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't go to the dentist much, but I can tell you the 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 ones I've been to, they haven't contacted me. Expect an me. email any moment now, Warwick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they haven't contacted me and I've and I used to go quite a bit. And I've never been followed up. Um, you know, I, I don't think they were very proactive, and and I don't, I'm I'm not going to generalise and say that all dentists are that way. And I know there are some very proactive um, surgeries out there, and some very good practices uh, that do lots of great marketing. But my perception is it's still few and far between. And I think um, if I could perhaps boil it down to, well, I don't like giving advice so much, but. I think what happens is, you know, I, I went through business school, I studied accounting, um, I, I 
did the same with financial planning years ago. I think you go through those institutions, literally, and you come out with a certain way of thinking. And when I look at certain industries, if I look at plumbing, for example, or electricians or dentists or chiropractors, we all become indoctrinated in the way of thinking of that particular um, industry or segment of society. And I think that can be quite constraining um, when we're running a business because we think down certain pathways that may or may not be serving us and the people that we're trying to add value to in life. So if I could boil it down to a piece of advice, it would be think a little differently. And, and you know, to do that, you've really got to get out and, and educate yourself in some different stuff, you know, go and move in some different circles and uh, you know, just just be mindful of thinking the same way as everybody else. I think that's fabulous advice. Actually, I I, re, I I think that is just really, really good advice to think differently, think outside the box. Excellent. Thank you, mate. My pleasure. Cool. Hey, I've got one other question for you. This is how I normally wrap up my podcast. So um, I'm going to ask you guys a question. You, you're planning a barbecue, and uh, you know you've got half a dozen or so places at the table that you're looking to fill. Who would be the people that you'd most like to have a conversation with around business? Um, and trying to avoid the cliches, um, who would be the people that inspire you and, and you think, okay, if I could have you know, half an hour or an hour or two of conversation with these guys, that would be really cool? Um, what's the guy's name? <laughs> 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 well, Elon Musk. He inspires me so much, I've forgotten his name. Yeah, yeah. Elon Musk, definitely. Uh, yes, cool, yeah. Um, and uh, the guy that um, does Zappos. Jeff. Yep. Tony Shea? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. him on customer service and just his completely different way of thinking. Yeah, cool. What about you, Warren? That's two. How many have we got? Six. So we can have three yeah, six. each. Jeez. Uh, you said not the, not the cliched ones. I mean, you, I, you know, if, it, if, it's, if it's really relevant, but typically when I ask this, people go, oh, Steve Jobs, Richard Branson, and, you know, whoever. Yeah. And sometimes I think, do they really mean that or not? So if it's those guys, that's cool. But if it's, you know, just... Yeah, yeah. Well, see, I, I, um, I rate Sir Richard Branson because of his background, and yeah. and I have read most of his books, uh, and I and I saw him speak in Sydney a number of years ago, um, and I just I really admire his humility and his persona um, in real life compared to what he's actually achieved, and I think. He's such a great example of what's possible for anybody in business. I mean, the guy was dyslexic. He was a he was a mm. he was a shit stirrer basically as a young bloke, <laughs> and um, yeah. and you know he's gone on to to create this incredible empire. Um, another one would be uh, former Prime Minister John Howard, actually, yep. cool. um, because I think he ran a really good business in uh, in his time in office, uh, and he managed a lot of tough decisions and um, interesting phases in uh, Australian politics. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'd love to, to sort of get his perspective on business from, you know, being uh, the head of, uh, well, not one of the, the big economies in the world. But, uh, but yeah, John Howard. Gary, Gary Vanderchuk would be my favorite. Yeah, friend. yeah, yeah. Gary V. Oh, I'm a big Gary V fan because um, yeah. he's going to tell you what he really thinks. Uh, so you've got yep. one seat left, Warwick. Uh, Bernie Eccleston. Really? Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That, is, right. that is a complicated 
business. Is that about how to get young wives? <laughs> now that you're recently separated? Or? Uh, <laughs> well, I could probably take I'm a few sure. tips on that. But yeah. uh, no, you have a look at that, the way that business has changed and grown in the last yeah. 15, 20 years. And um, and the political nature of it as well. I mean, you look at you talk about building a team, Jesse. Um, oh yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, whether he's done a good job or not, uh, yeah, a lot of people involved. Like that is a, that is a massive people business. Um, it's a big, big business. Yeah. So uh, and lots of competing interests, and he somehow I, th- I think has managed to to pull it off over the years. Um, you know, with, not without its controversy, of course, but I yep. think I think um, a bit of controversy surrounds any great leader in, in business. So, yeah, that'd yep. be my picks. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, guys. That's cool. I reckon that'd be a fun Barbie. So when are we having it? Because yeah. I'm really excited now. <laughs> We're going to send out yeah, the I invites. Know. I know. Exactly. Well, I'll get the snags. You grab the, you grab the beer and we'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have to say uh, I've enjoyed our, our chat today. It's been interesting. We've bounced around a bit, but... Um, it was a pretty meaty conversation, I think. I think it was too. And look, I want to thank you guys for being so gentle with me in my first ever three-way. So um, I, I really appreciate. <laughs> we don't do this all the time. I think it's the listeners that need to uh, that, that we need to thank for actually sticking with us to the end of it. <laughs> awesome, guys! Thanks so much. You've been really good fun, and I tell you what, there's some absolute gems that have come out of uh, listening to you guys today. For all all of the listeners. And uh, you guys are doing some fabulous stuff there over at your podcast. And uh, and uh, I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Likewise, mate. Been great having you on the uh, the other half Tradies Business Show, mate. So <laughs> some right. good stuff in there that uh, that's transplantable. <laughs> cool. Well, have a good one, guys. We'll talk soon. Cheers, Thanks. mate. So that was great with Jesse talking about getting off the tools and mindset and all that. See, that that wasn't like pulling teeth, was it? Oh, boom, boom. Anywho. If you want to know more about getting off the tools, we have our free guide on our website called Nine Steps to Getting Off the Tools and Into a True Business Ownership. So it points out the nine things that you really need to focus on uh, to get you on your way. So, tradiesbusinessshow.com. Go stick in your details. Go straight to your inbox. It's free. There's heaps of good info in it. Jesse actually, uh, uh, before we hit record on this episode, um, Jesse said he had a read through it, and I think he's going to plagiarise it actually by the sound. <laughs> he's going to rip off thing. our stuff. I thought the same. Thing. <laughs> we should have charged him yeah. for it. But uh, yeah, it's it is that good. It is a free guide. There's a ton of stuff in there. If you haven't got it, go grab your copy now. And Michaela and I are going to go and find a hot sauna somewhere and thaw out because it's freezing in this studio. Until next week, uh, oh, stay warm. Hey. You've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.